Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. A little extra early dirty sports. Yeah, man. Got some, a- folks, some folks getting up just making their coffees. They just got the YouTube alert. It's probably scrambling like I was just to get here this morning. What's your, what's your sleep schedule these days? Cause mine is whack. What about yours? Um, pretty, pretty standard. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I go to bed probably just into the morning, you know, 12, 12 one. And I usually get up in the, I mean, depending on the day, I would say my, my wake up range is seven to nine. You're not a napper. Not really. I mean, I can nap, but usually I nap if it's like, if I've gotten up super early to do something, if I get up super early to surf and then, you know, midday comes, I'll zonk out for a little, but like, I don't get in bed to nap. Yeah. I don't, I don't recommend that by the way, the bed yeah. nap. I, I recommend the, the floor nap or the couch nap. That way you get a crisp 15 to 30 minute, just deep nap. Yeah. I actually, I was in a deep nap the other day. I woke up, I had a call from my old apartment building, Joe. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like, well, some important documents have been sent here. It says IRS on it. I said, well, I have everything forwarded. So she goes, what do you want me to do with that? Basically saying, I'm not going to send it to you because I don't want to pay for it. Right. I don't know. Throw it away. Yeah. Give it, give it to a homeless guy. Uh, next time there's a homeless tent fire, can you just throw it in there? By the way, I, I looked because I was in that tweet exchange. I looked at that this morning when I was taking my morning dump. And then I read that one guy's article. Holy cow, Venice. Yeah. Did you read the article that he wrote? Yeah. But he's also the world. Like, that's a guy that we went back and forth with because he's like, and no, by the way, I'm. No, not him. Another guy tagged in that. Okay. Another. Yeah, no, another guy tagged in that basically was like the homelessness is up and I don't know how they gauge this. The homelessness is up in Venice in the last like six weeks, like 45%. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. It's just like fire after fire after fire. And the boardwalk is just now, now without like the outdoor shopping you know, even like you can't do the selling the goods on the boardwalk or whatever. So the boardwalk is now just a, there's basically new oceanfront walk. There's a tent city just on the walk, but yeah, I haven't been there in a while, but I've seen, I've seen pictures. You've heard things. I've heard things. I've seen the smoke. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's sad. It really is sad. Like it was, it was kind of headed in a bad trajectory, but uh, I feel now I did get a text from the mayor. I don't know the last month I asked him, 
He said, oh, it's basically the same. And I want to be like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to be that guy who's not there anymore, but I see things. I don't, I don't know if it's basically the same, but uh, whatever. Not your problem. Not my problem. It's not going to sh- live here anymore. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> kind of a shitty way to look at things, but you know. Yeah. I got my own problems. We've lost four straight basketball games for the third grade boys team. So I got my own problems. Is it a scoring issue? Is it a defense issue? What's the problem? I think it starts with listening, Joe, and effort. But are you guys having trouble scoring points? We're not, well, no, not necessarily. But when you fall behind like Saturday, 14 to three, first of all, 14 in a, in a first quarter is like, I don't know what the equivalent would be for the NBA, but right. 14 for a third grade is, is like a, a, a team scoring 40 in the first quarter. So more defensive problems than anything else. Well, also, we play two teams that could actually – a kid hit a three-pointer. That had never mm-hmm. happened. Like, we're playing teams that can actually – we tell them, when you preach and practice, guys, just cover the paint, anything else. And then when kids are hitting jump shots, they look at us like, okay, coaches, you tell us, don't worry about jump shots. Then we look like assholes. Yeah. But, yeah, listening and, and effort and attitude. I don't know. I need I need I to – I mean, I hate to say it, but listening, ed- attitude, and effort – Sounds like this is entirely on the coaching staff. Well, I told my buddy, I said, we need to change coaching 100%. I, and we did. Saturday, even though we lost, we came back, we played good. Friday night, 100%. Just these kids get down and they scoreboard watch. And I said, guys, who cares? Is there, have you thought about reaching out to the Greg Popovich of youth basketball coaches and Chris Wilde and, get, and, and trying to get some strategy tips, some you know, locker room talk advice. Maybe I should. He's got, he's got a mini dynasty going on over there with the killer whales. Now is part of his secret that he brings in me to teach the fundamentals. Sure. But he's, he's had a lot of great seasons where I, I only just barely showed up. So I would reach out to Chris wild, you know, I'll text him. I, I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. I think I think my buddy and I have different approaches at times. I'm more of a let them play, yeah. Too, too, right? I think I think at that age you get you get the parents yelling from the bench. You get the coach. It's like, dude, we've taught them the plays. We've taught them the execution or how it should execute. Just let them play at certain times. But what are you gonna do, man? Third grade, yeah. So I don't know, but I was I was happy that we had a couple. Fun NFL playoff games. And, and, and before we jump into things. Speaking of let them play. Yeah. Right? They, they, they let them play in both games for the most part. They actually weren't called yeah. that many penalties. Yeah, exactly. For the most part. All right. Let it out, Joe. You let it out because we're, we're going to have some disagreements today. And I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm here for it. I have, I have nothing. I just uh, like, no. I mean, I think, I think the, uh, the Packers-Bucks game – there, there was a point where they hadn't called a penalty. Yeah. Like, they were, Buck, we were into Buck the, said that, yeah. We were into the, what, the third quarter, or into, the, into the deep second quarter, where they didn't, uh, they didn't call a penalty. And um, I, li- listen, I don't have – I really don't have any complaints about the game at all. I just think, you know, when you talk about – I don't think the refing necessarily was – cost anybody the game it's just i i hate the, i hate inconsistency that's for sure i mean that game in the end 
comes down to, you know, it's a five point one possession game. A no call at the end of the first half was probably the biggest call of the entire game. A no call on a blatant pass interference turns into seven points for the box when everybody in the world was saying, if the Packers score here, you know, you have the turnaround potential of them getting the ball to start the second half. And blatant PI that isn't called turns into seven for the Bucks. Probably the biggest play in the game. And whether you like it or not, that is a ref call. And then, you know, double down on that, that a pass interference of a very similar type occurs literally on the exact spot on the field if you flip it which means I'm assuming the same ref, the same everything, like basically the same thing in place, a guy going across the middle on the mirror side of the field is the call that, that essentially ends the game. Tough, tough coin flip uh, for, the, for the Packers, uh, certainly lucky coin flip for the Bucks. Both calls go one way. It could be a different game. Both calls go the other way. It could be a different game. One call goes against one team, and then for the other team, it's, it's tough. I mean, again, it's just about consistency and the fact that we're not saying a missed hold here and a missed you know, block in the back there or a missed offsides here and a missed – it's the exact same play on both sides of the field. One gets a call for the Bucks, basically both for the Bucks, and that's, it's five-point loss. Now, there's a lot to unpack with – both these teams, both these quarterbacks, both these whatever, but that's, you know, when you say let them play, then let them play. Well, look, I, I think obviously there were some inconsistencies, but I also think here, here, here's how I want to say stepping back for a minute, just in general with refs and penalties with NFL. We, we've seen some bad missed calls or we've seen some inconsistencies especially a couple years ago, Saints-Rams. But at the end of the day... Well, let's, let's all agree. Saints-Rams is on this whole other fucking level. That- yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I don't put it on that level, but I, I'm just citing that is at the end of the day, you have to make plays. Refs are going to make shit calls. I, I think we have to learn to accept that. They are going to make calls that are going to affect the games, but you have to make plays. So if... I don't mind anybody saying, hey, you missed a pass interference because they did. We all saw it. They got an interception. You also can't give up a bomb at the end of the half. Totally. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so it doesn't justify it, but also you have to make the plays when you have to make the plays. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of like in the Saints game where it was a bullshit call, but the Saints also got the ball to start overtime. And remember, Drew Brees threw an interception. So it's like you right. have to the, – the, the, fl- the flip side of that, and we can – like I said, we can unpack the Matt LaFleur, you know, no fourth down call and Aaron Rodgers not running the ball on the third down and all that. We can do that. But the same thing is you could argue on the flip side, the Packers make the play to get it to, you know, they give them the ball back with two minutes remaining reckless decision, in my opinion. And they give up a a play on first down. They smartly go off sides, give them the first down. And then they, and then they hold them. They hold them. They make, they make the plays on the first and second. They put them in third and long. They make a play on third down and they get an interference call. So like, absolutely it was a pass interference, but again, it is a difference of basically. And, and the, the other thing is on that play, maybe they, maybe they don't score if they get the ball back. 
So that's fine. Yeah. But again, but again, the end of the first half, a, a Bucks guy makes a play by committing a penalty. It's just, you know, if you consistently call it, call it, like it just, it, it, you gotta, you gotta feel bad when it goes both in the favor of one team, a no call and a pass interference call both go the same way. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to disagree with inconsistencies, but I also think that there, there's just so many factors. I just, I, I never, I don't, and you're not doing this, but I know a lot of people will. I don't want to pin a loss on the refs. I'm just not going to do that. I will never do that unless it's just an egregious call. The Ram Saints game. Yeah, I mean, that was a really bad call or, or missed call. I'm just, I'm not going to do that for this game. And, you know, the little, obviously we're going to break down, like you said, everything. The LaFleur field goal, I don't know if this is an overreaction. We're a day later, half a day later. I honestly think, given the circumstances of the situation to go to the Super Bowl, I think that is one of the worst calls I've ever seen, ever. Yeah, I mean, th- now we're talking about consistency. We're talking about be have a consistent attitude as a head coach. Are you playing for the win or are you playing strategy? Because you played for the win when you went for two earlier in the game. And then the flip side is if you score here, you're going to have to get a two-point conversion, right? So you've put yourself in that position by not kicking earlier. So now by putting yourself in the, we're going to go for a position and whatever, if we don't get it, we'll just go for it again. You've now put yourself in a spot where you need a touchdown and you need a two point conversion. And then you decide to go for, then you decide to kick it instead of going for it and getting a two point conversion. I understand if it was a seven point game there that people like, that the chances of LaFleur going for it are much greater. If it's a six-point game there, they're infinitely greater. But you have put yourself in this position by being aggressive. And now you're going to play, well, we're, now we're not going to be aggressive. So it, it's kind of the same issue. Is like, pick a fucking lane, dude. Honestly, the idea that at the point where you go for two earlier in the game down, try to put it to 11, you knew that there was going to be more scoring in this game. Everybody alive knew that there was going to be more scoring. The idea that it was going to come down to then you get a two here and then you get a touchdown and get a two-point conversion and the game's over. Like, no, it, they were trying to get down to three is what they were trying right, to do. Right, exactly. But I'm saying the point is, is, is making it into like this regular a three, a seven, or whatever, yeah. try, instead of eights and elevens and whatever. So the idea that you do that at that point, well, now you're Mr. Go-Fucking-Go-For-It guy. Well, obviously, it was, it was it sucked for them because it was a drop pass. It was a blatantly drop pass by the receiver. There were so many drop balls this game. The receiver isn't so the analytics people will tell you the reason that you go for two in these like multiple, and then you might have to go for two again later. Is the chances? This is this is the analytics talk. I think this is the dumbest reasoning of all time, because like I say, every roll of a dice is a brand new thing. The chances of you rolling a one on a roll of a die uh, on a roll of a die is exactly the same, regardless of what you just rolled. Exactly the same. It does not change. So the the this analytics thought of if you go for it once, you have this percentage chance of getting it. If your percent chance of missing 
a two-point conversion twice is way smaller. It's like, no, it's not. It's the exact same. In fact, all that's changed is going to be the pressure later on of having to go for it again. So now the analytics talk is missing two of them is not going to happen. Okay, well, if that's your reasoning, if you're an analytics guy, then you have to go for it the second time because the chances of you missing it once are 50-50. Well, you, you know, I don't even want to entertain the analytics. I'll just say this. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have an all-time quarterback. You basically are saying, I don't trust my MVP. He's going to win the MVP. He should win the MVP quarterback to put it in the end zone. And I don't think this is overreaction. I'm just going to say it. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I have zero trust in this guy at all now. I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I do not want to play. That, that decision, in my again, it's just my opinion. That decision, Joe, is such a damning decision for that relationship. Why, if you're Aaron Rodgers, I'm just trying to think in his head, and you, you played a pretty good game, like a really good game. You know, that one interception, again, was probably uh, – or it was a pass interference or a holding, whatever you want to call it. You know, he played a good game. Now, they could have scored more points on the turnovers, and we'll get into that. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you've had an MVP season, 53 touchdowns to six interceptions, and he's not trusting you, how do you move forward with that? Seriously. I, yeah, and I think, I think the bigger question is, like – play it out into what's going to happen if you don't get either of them. You know what I mean? If you, let's say like it happened, you kick the field goal, but you don't get a stop and you lose the game versus you go for it and you don't get it and you lose the game. It's like, at least you can say we went for it. I trusted Aaron Rodgers. I have the, I have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I put the ball in his hands. He didn't, we didn't get it done. It's the easiest out of all time. Yeah. And now to sit, back and have Aaron Rodgers have to go to a podium and say it wasn't my call like that that was very small picture thinking and I think that there's listen Aaron Rodgers wasn't good in the red zone yesterday Aaron Rodgers forced the ball to Devontae Adams he was one for seven or something like that on red zone attempts um he wasn't good in the red zone uh that being said you know, I think Aaron Rodgers deserves part of the blame. A lot of people are saying, oh, he could have run it into the end zone. My, what I'll not even counter with that, but I'll sort of add on to that is I, I honestly don't even care whether gets, or not he, he could have gotten it. He gets close, I think. If he gets close, the they're two going or three. for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, if he I think. If the three, then they're absolutely going for it, which, you know, you could argue he likes his shot. He likes having two shots from the seven as opposed to, one shot from the three, which that's on Aaron, that's an Aaron Rodgers. I, I disagree. Um, but also you're pro he's probably, I mean, it's probably not in his thought process as he's starting to scramble that his coach is going to kick it. But the point is, well, he said he runs, that, I don't know if you saw that. He said, I thought we had four shots. Down right. There. Right. So he, you know, I, I would have liked to seen him run the ball just get closer there. It makes you it, it, it opens up the playbook from the three as opposed to what you can do from the seven. The seven like the seven yard line's a tough you gotta get eight yards, but you can't get more than eighteen yards, you know? It's a tough window, but at the same time, um it's it's ridiculous that they didn't go for it. I, I wonder though why he didn't run it. I watched that play probably ten times because 
I don't know, seeing how Aaron Rodgers has played and seeing somewhat similar of a circumstance last week against the Rams, I think he gets in. I think he can angle it into that corner where the pylon is. But I also think if he doesn't, right, like you're saying, it's going to be close enough they're going to go for it. I'm shocked he didn't use his legs there. Yeah. Because he – Aaron Rodgers, I think, has been one of the best ever at in that position of using his legs and knowing how to get into the end zone. And I think, that's where, I think that's where he deserves some criticism yesterday. You know, we talked about, um, you know, they don't get enough points off turnovers. That's fine. Like, you know, you absolutely have to capitalize on those turnovers. We, you know, I said yesterday to you and you disagree, but like Tom Brady did his best to throw that game away in the second half. Um, like, it, I don't know what else you can do besides continue to give them the ball in that situation. I know his will to win overcame the three turnovers, but – um, you know, he did his best to throw that game away and they absolutely have to capitalize. But the criticism I think that's more important is getting down there, the, you know, the way they settled a couple times, including that time, because Aaron Rodgers seems to be forcing the ball to one guy. Now, listen, the Bucks played pretty good defense. Um, and, you know, maybe in 50-50 situations, he likes Adam's chances. But it seems like, he forced him the ball and it didn't really work out. And I don't know how I many, if you watch Packers game this whole year, like I don't know where Tanyan is on those uh, goal line plays because that guy was a touchdown machine this year. So he had 11 touchdowns this year. Yeah. So look, I think Aaron Rodgers certainly deserves criticism, but at the same time, you know, the way this game goes and the way, like I'll say the guy played great. I don't know what else, you know, Besides, you know, getting a couple more points off of turnovers, like, I don't but know I think how much it's more that a guy can play. Well, I think he did need to play some. Well, obviously, he did need to play somewhat better. Overall, he had a really good game, but six points off three turnovers to me is kind of the difference here. Brady had a terrible second half, which I'm not going to disagree that he didn't have a. Ter- Brady had a terrible, but Brady had a great first half. That, that that's all. That's all I'm trying to say. I think Brady played a very Brady that first drive. Brady played the worst game of quarterback for the whole day yesterday. He did. Mm, I mean, that here's the thing. Well, that, I mean, that, if we're going facts only, I mean, he did. He had the worst rated game of the day yesterday. He turned the ball over the most of anybody yesterday. Listen. Here's the thing, and we can jump right into it right now if we want to, you know, shift gears into the Tom Brady conversation. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Is everybody happy from the Joe Prano, where's the Brady things? I, I said my uh, opinion of Peyton Manning's overall career, which I always thought Peyton Manning was a great quarterback and one of the all-time greats, but my criticism was, you know, his lack of ability to get it done when he switched teams. And he did it. He made two Super Bowls with the Broncos and won one. That was where my opinion on Tom, on on Peyton Manning changed. Tom Brady gets to a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. Tom Brady has been to ten Super Bowls. He's been to like six Super Bowls if you take out all the criminally wrong ones. See, see there you go. There you go. Listen, Tom Brady is there the greatest you go. quarterback of all time. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know if you believe that. I think you're just saying that now, but that's fine. Look, look, well, look. I'm, look. I'm saying he has the, – the resume at this point speaks for itself, and it always did, but it was always tied to Bill Belichick. Now, here's the thing about Tom Brady is he gets there without Belichick. So he goes to a 10th Super Bowl. 
in his first year, he does it without Belichick. So that's where I think he's earned the greatest of all time because that was, you know, the life vest that he was wearing. Now, I'm, I can have my opinion on what other people's legacies look if they play 20 years with Tom, uh, Bill Belichick. And that's fine. We don't have to unpack that right now. Well, we can, look. I, look I, my <laughs> point is, he proved, he proved me wrong. He got there in his first year without Bill Belichick. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I appreciate you saying that, Joe. Puts a little spot in my heart. Look, I look, I agree. Look, the, I have gone back and forth on Brady for years too. The Super Bowl against the Rams, he doesn't even throw a touchdown pass, right? That playoffs, he throws two intercept sorry, three interceptions to two touchdowns. He doesn't do much of that playoffs. But to me, if you look at this year, that I mean, that's the difference, right? That that is the difference on this team. Now they added some players, but yeah, also and, and, and that's the other thing. Let's let's talk about that. Let's now that it's ten. Now that he's gone to ten, and he does it with another team. Let's let's talk about just the like Tom Brady's career doesn't have a mark on it because he left the Patriots for a more talented team. Tom Brady's career doesn't have a mark on it because he lures big name veterans to join his team for for you know that he lures Gronk out of retirement that he gets Leonard Fournette to sign for less, that he gets Antonio Brown to come out. It doesn't have a mark on it because he built some sort of super team. It does, his career is not going to have a mark on it when he's six and four in Super Bowls because he's not four and oh. Like we're past the point now where the comparison to Joe Montana, where Joe Montana plays perfect in Super Bowls, it, he's gone to 10. There's not a mark on it because he's not, undefeated in Super Bowls, he's gotten to 10. And I think he's going to lose this one. And he'll be six and four. He'll be, you know, a crazy comeback away from being a 500 quarterback in the Super Bowl. He'll be a crazy Malcolm Butler interception. He'll be a crazy, like, he'll be a lot of things from being just over 500. But at the same time, he's been there 10 times. He's got six. Like, there's no mark on his career because he's lost a bunch of them or he left for a better situation, he's he left. He immediately made the Super Bowl. Yeah, and to me, look, that's the difference. Is I just want to look at this Bucks team. They go seven and nine last year. Sure, they they had an they had an older Gronk. They had Antonio Brown for you know seven games, eight games. But again, those guys weren't. Let's be honest, they weren't major contributors. They weren't. Well, I mean, Gronk's play last yesterday is maybe the single biggest play of the game for the Bucs. Sure. If not, if not the pick slash end of the half touchdown. Yeah, that 29-yard catch and run was great. But my point is, like, overall for the season, all I'm saying is, to me, the quarterback is the most important position, right? We all agree. The biggest difference with this year's team and last year's team was you just you got a new quarterback. And, and the guy threw 40 touchdowns, 4,600 yards, and you got to give credit where credit's due. And – that's my thing about Brady is I've gone back and forth as well. You know, is it system? Is it quarterback? We always have this ridiculous discussion. Everybody does, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a combination of both. I think we've all agreed to that. But at the end of the day, to me, this just solidified it for Brady's mark as the greatest because he didn't play his best game. Definitely didn't. And in the second half, he played garbage. But even when they needed those three points, when Green Bay cut it to five, he still led them on a drive, a must-need drive for points. 
Troy, Troy Aikman said it perfectly. They need points. They didn't get a touchdown. They got three points. And, you know, that ended up being the difference in the game, how everything played out. Those By three the way, points, you, said, you said Tom Brady, 4,600 yards, which this – you know what this means with this with our quarterback matchup with with Godzilla versus Kong with the baby goat versus the the, the big goat uh some quarterback that wins the Super Bowl will now join Eli Manning as the only quarterbacks to throw for over 4500 yards and win a Super Bowl you had to get an Eli plug in there didn't no, I'm just you? saying you know because we we've talked a lot about you know gaudy passing yards and yeah, and, and how sort of peak quarterback play tops out at a certain point. So someone will join a very elite club with only two members. Again, you had to get had to get an Eli plug in there, didn't you? You just have to. I mean, it could have been Rich Gannon. I'm just saying it. It's not. It wasn't Rich Gannon. <laughs> Look, I I think. I think people who are at this point gonna I, I just don't like the excuses and and you know I'm sure I didn't look really too much, but I'm sure like a like a Barry McCockner is gonna be one of those guys who's gonna find excuses. But at the consistent level of what Brady's done it at this point and exactly now that he's taken this team I mean I think I think what's you know, the way he was playing in the first half and the way they're out they're they're just like straight up you know, blowing them out of the water. It's like, well, there's not much much of an argument here. He shows up, he plays incredible in the NFC championship game. And here we are, whoever says he's not the go now. I mean, I got to say Tom Brady makes it pretty difficult on Tom Brady haters by, you know, trying to throw the game away in the second half and be, you know, again, getting a, getting a very Tom Brady end of the game, a guy lines up in the neutral zone or he would have lost a guy, you know, grabs a guy's shirt or he would have lost a guy. Like, you know, we, there are a lot, the tuck rule. We were talking yesterday in a text with you and tug. And I said, luckiest guy of all time. And I got really really angry. I called you you an asshole. Well, you said also, and, and this is something that I, I, I just, it couldn't be more different. You're like, well, when people call Eli lucky and I'm like, well, these are two different situations. I've never in my life said a guy made a lucky catch or a guy made a lucky throw or a guy made a lucky, whatever. That's completely like, I just don't like disrespecting athletes who do things at a level that I could never imagine doing them and calling them luck. A guy lining up in the neutral zone right before you throw a game ending pick that's a little different. I mean, I don't think Tom Brady used the force to like pull, you know, have a guy line up in the neutral zone. At the same time, you know, a guy jumping the snap count because you went with a hard count is a totally different story. But a guy just straight up leaning his helmet over, or a guy getting a pass interference call when another guy doesn't, or a guy, you know, the the tuck rule, a, a rule changing because you get it. Like Tom Brady certainly has his fair share of career luck that has led to a couple of these Super Bowl appearances. And yesterday, I, you know, it was always going to end that way. Tom Brady's going to throw three picks in the second half. And the, the pass interference call that leads to his pre-halftime touchdown gets run back in the second half. And now they're like, well, this time, well, this look, time, Tom, luck, luck, you. luck definitely happens. 
And I'm not saying that luck and fortune don't play well, a part. But, 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 but I, I said it yesterday. Luck is where the TB12 method meets opportunity. I mean, at, at this point, this is what it is. I was, I was just going to say, right, the famous quote, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. But this, this has always happened, right? I, I think it's happened to a lot of good teams, like, forever. You see luck, or if you want to call it luck or fortune, whatever it is that happens to good players, to good teams, teams that have played consistency consistently. I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that he he hasn't been beneficial, but they're not exclusive, right? It's it's I. This is where I get all angry at the anti Brady people at this point because they're they're just in denial. You don't have 20 years of going to 10 Super Bowls, of being the leader all-time in the history. He's going to finish all-time as the leader in yards, touchdown passes, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVPs, playoff wins. That's not luck. Is there some luck that comes into play? Sure. Is there some fortune and some very, very fortunate opportunities that came his way? Yeah, no one's denying that. But at the end of the day, the numbers back themselves up. You know, you know, we, we could pick apart each per. It, it's kind of like, right, because that's why I brought up LeBron last episode. I hate when people are like, well, if you take away Ray Allen's shot, he's got one less ring. And if you right, take- but, but that's, again, that's saying if you take away a guy making, an NBA player making, like doing what Ray Allen does. Right? Like that, that's what, I'm not saying if you take away Randy Moss on his career, if you take away that Gronk catch, if you take away whatever. But they do that with Draymond, right? If you take away Draymond Green getting suspended for game five or game six, whatever it was, then that it's, it's like, well, that was a non-on-the-court situation. I, I just think, like, at this point, I think I was so frustrated yesterday just because, I, I, to me, it's like so many Brady deniers are, I, I'm I'm saying it. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time because he still has more Super Bowl wins and more Super Bowl appearances than Joe Montana. If you take away the tuck rule, the two cheating ones, the guy lined up offsides, the passer interference. So but there you go. So that's but, it. but that still sounds bitter to me, Joe. Like that's not fair to Tom Brady. Like the tuck rule was just that was a rule and that was an ambiguous rule at the time. Like Deflategate, they beat the Colts by 40 points. I don't think the ball has affected the game that much. That's right, but, uh, but look, there's, we can, we can un- unpack. We, we don't need to unpack the flakegate. It happened while we were doing the show. Yeah. The point was, you don't get into an AFC championship game at home unless you win X amount of games. Like, you know, we can talk about, we can talk about the cheating bl- blemish on Tom Brady's career all the time, but the bottom line is Hank Aaron died a couple of days ago. And a lot of people said the true home run king because, yeah. because a guy who was never punished for cheating, supposedly based on, you know, Balco and whatever and rumors and reports and whatever cheated, yeah. even though it wasn't against the rules. Tom Brady was team and personally punished for cheating in multiple Super Bowl runs. Like if we're going to do, you know what I'm saying? But the point is you take away those, he still has more appearances than anybody else. But if we're going to like, you know, if we're going to have a firing squad on Barry Bonds' career the day Hank Aaron dies, are we just going to pretend Tom Brady didn't cheat I, when his legacy is all said and done? 
No, I, I don't think we're going to pretend that, but I also, I don't have a firing squad personally on Barry Bonds. I've said he's right, probably but uh, uh, That's what I'm saying. But the media, the whole thing, like if we're going to, you know, I, that's what I always say. It's just, I, what I said about the refs, what I said about Matt LaFleur, what I've said about people talking about Andy Reid and Biennemi is pick a lane. Pick a lane. Barry Bonds ain't in the Hall of Fame. So when the writers get to make the call, I have a feeling Tom Brady will be in the Hall of Fame. And I think it'll be unanimous. Yeah, as it should be. I want to play a call, though, from a Bucks fan. They exist. An elated Bucks fan. What's up, boys? It's uh, Tyler Kelly out from Houston, Texas. Just had a quick question, really quick one. Uh, do you believe by the end of Matthew Stafford's career? No, that's the wrong one. Damn it. I was, like a, I was like, man, a Bucks fan in Texas is going to be a – we're, we're going to start with that. We'll, we'll get to the Matthew Stafford. Oh, damn, I, I screwed that up. Where was his number? Oh, it's this one. Sorry. Let's try this. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Tommy calling in from Athens, and Joe Prano needs to take this Tom Brady Bucks L. I have been a Bucks fan for my entire life, and I was four when they won the Super Bowl, and I don't remember it. And since they won the Super Bowl, since the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they have been one of the worst teams in the NFL on the level of the Browns and the Bengals and the Lions. I never, ever thought in my life I would see the Bucks win any games, any meaningful games. And they come in here with Tom Brady, and he literally changes the franchise. This is like if Tom Brady went to the Browns and they went to the Super Bowl, or if he goes to the Bengals and they went to the Super Bowl. The Bucks were that bad. They have the worst winning percentage in, the, in NFL history. Like this, I can't even believe this. Joe Prano, you've got to take this Tom Brady L. This is literally unbelievable stuff. This is LeBron James type turning around a franchise. Anyways, just wanted to say that. Condoms are to the University of Georgia. Go Bucks. I, look, I, I do think people are lost in that. They have the, the worst winning percentage in NFL history. So my point is just not even about but, pretty, as far as the Bucks organization is a dumpster fire. I think people don't realize. Yes, but let's – so here's the thing. I already just said Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. So let's sure. leave that there. The, what I said before about Tom Brady, you know, what everybody does with LeBron James, with LeBron James is, you know – his career is a blank. Carl Malone stayed with the Jazz his whole career. Tom Brady wasn't like, I like Florida. I like warm weather. I like no state income tax. Tom Brady looked around the league and was like, who needs a quarterback who has talent? So let's not act like he, they were 0-16. Jameis Winston we are, the, I am, I am the face of the Jameis Winston is trash fan club for going on fucking five years now. Like we did battle with a Jameis Winston slurper. Like I couldn't be more outspoken that Jameis Winston, I have called Jameis Winston on numerous occasions, the biggest, but I called him Jamarcus Winston. So I don't know what people want from me other than saying, if I think your quarterback is Jamarcus Russell and you're seven and nine, let's not act like 
he's he's fucking Adam Banks joining the Mighty Ducks. Like <laughs> they were pretty good. They had a horrible quarterback. They had Jamarcus Russell at quarterback, and they went seven and nine. I said Tom Brady would go eleven and five and win a wild card. So I don't know what like you want me to take an L because look, he won one more game than I said he was going to win. Look, I think the point is the franchise again of the call is I agree. Like they're in the drags with the Lions, Bengals, Browns. The point is th- they are in that same wheelhouse as far as the last 30 years, 40 years, whatever it is. And the point was the one major change that no, again, this but that's unfair, right? Because and this is this is what the media is doing now. You have your Tom Brady haters, you have your Tom Brady slurpers, and I can always say I've always said Tom Brady was great, and and my opinion on what other people do with Tom Brady's career is also my opinion. But I but I'm in the middle of saying like Tom Brady's great. Tom Brady's going to make the Tampa Bay Bucks better, but but like, are we, we're just all going to sit here and pretend? Bruce Aarons didn't take over the team three seasons ago. No, but I, I think that, inter- that that's where the whole thing turned around. And then the missing piece was him adding a quarterback and him saying that for two full seasons. You him saying we have a quarterback problem. We have a quarterback problem. We have a, we have a problem with quarterback. Our quarterback keeps turning over the ball. We're a good team with a problem at quarterback. We're a good team and we should be winning games. And we have a quarterback who's making poor decisions. We're just going to pretend that that didn't happen? No, it did. But I think the Brady, in, and I know you, you would mock it, but I, I think the Brady effect, the intangible, and now this, again, is opinion, so this isn't a fact-based opinion, but I, I think he does make everyone around him that much better because he comes from a winning culture in New England, and all he wants is to win. And I think when you bring in the quarterback, the leader of the team, with that mindset, I think that, you know, energy is contagious. I think we all agree, right? It's kind of like even going back to my third grade team. When one kid sulks and one kid puts his heads, heads, head down, I was trying to tell him that. Then, then guys, it goes to the, your teammates. When Brady brings in that demand and that high level of expectation, I think that changes. That, that 12 quarterbacks in the NFL bring? Joe, I don't know if everybody twelve. I don't. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say I agree with that. Okay. I mean, we're going to agree to disagree, but okay. like the the bottom line is, I think what Tom Brady, like I have never denied what Tom Brady is as a quarterback, and the people who you know get on me because I'm not you know, crowning Tom Brady as the greatest and most talented quarterback to ever walk the earth. Look, we can we can argue this up and down, day and night, all you want. First of all, he did it with the Bucs. I give him the greatest of all time. But here's the other thing. I think Carson Palmer was grossly overrated in his career. And he joins a Bruce Arians team. And I got Jacob Faith and Patrick Sullivan and whatever. I'm going to bomb your house if you don't vote for him for MVP. This guy's the greatest quarterback of all time. He wallowed away in in Cincinnati's whole career. We're 12 and 13 and three. What else are we supposed to do? And I said, Bruce Arians is a great coach. Bruce Arians got a quarterback who's competent and he turned around that franchise. Also, Carson Palmer is going to choke when all is said and done. And Carson Palmer choked and the NFL football life of Carson Palmer mentioned it with a blurb. But like, 
I think that's the difference. What we're talking about, what Tom Brady is versus other things. Like Carson Palmer is a career, you know, competent quarterback. He gets with Bruce Arians. He puts up MVP numbers. They get blown out in the NFC Championship game. Tom Brady's way better than Carson Palmer. But what happened is Tom Brady got the Carson Palmer, Bruce Arians thing and also is good enough not to get blown out in an NFC Championship game. Yeah, I'm not denying it's not a combination of the talent around you, your coach. It's all those things. Yeah, he definitely went to arguably a team with a defense. One of the most talented offensive teams with Godwin and Evans and you know Jones had a good year. And obviously you add Fournette, who was kind of an outcast coming from the Jags, but they fit him in the system well. And look, I'm not denying the talent around. I'm just saying to me, like, that's it. Brady is that final piece that they needed. And, and that's, and by the way, that's fine and great. And like, let's, let's have that be the opinion. Tom Brady was the final piece the box needed. Not, they were the creamsicle, Vinny Testaverde, Owen 16 bucks. Tom Brady walked through the door. They changed uniforms. They got a new personality. Everything changed. They were the great, they go into the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is smart. No one's ever denied that. Tom Brady is calculated. No one's ever denied that. Tom Brady understands football in a way that like three other people in the history of the game understand football. And no one's ever denied that. That's what the argument is, has been all time, which is just like our friend Andrew Hawkins says, the Patriots ran a system that only they could run with a guy like Tom Brady. Now, I could argue there's a small handful of other people who could run that offense like Tom Brady did, and where would they have been if they had been in that offense? Sure, we can do that on a whole other podcast. The point is, Tom Brady didn't pick up and go, I like red and silver. I'm going to the Bucks. I'm a pirate. He went, where can I win fucking tomorrow? Sure. It doesn't mean it's always easy, though. That, like, like, LeBron again. James didn't go, where can I win tomorrow when he went to the Lakers? LeBron James went, I want to be in L.A. Everybody, oh, well, LeBron, I- missed the pl- LeBron missed the playoffs. All LeBron cares about is making movies, and making Space Jam. I think LeBron also knew he was going to a competent organization who was going to get – That could put pieces around him. Yeah. Not where he could go that already has pieces. I mean, they had some pieces. They obviously reshuffled those pieces. But but that, that that's a different discussion. Right. Um, look, I, I think obviously th- there's different ways and there's different angles we can discuss – the Brady thing. And like you said, this could go on forever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think he's the greatest. It sounds like you're, you're joining my team. And as far as also, coach- he's got like three weeks left for it. What do you mean? Because I mean, I mean, not that that's, that's jokingly three weeks left for it, but like if Patrick Mahomes beats him in the super bowl and Patrick Mahomes wins a super bowl again, like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, let's, this will be the segue over to the other game. Yeah. Patrick Holmes is climbing the greatest quarterbacks of all time list, and he's climbing it very quickly. I agree. Before we get to that, I want to say we're having a GOAT discussion, and I know for me, Joe, the GOAT meat in my freezer right now is ButcherBox. Guys, 
Today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat, and I will say I love their meat. I've been using a – it's not a foreman. I, I, got, I got this nice grill for the house, like inside. It's uh, – there's no – there's no uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no, like, steam. There's no – smokeless there it is jesus joe i got this smokeless sm grill i got a smokeless grill like a nice one for the kitchen i've been grilling tons of butcher box lately i love that it shows right up to the front door i don't have to leave my house and i get nine to eleven pounds of meat enough for 24 individuals shipped with no antibiotics no added hormones it comes right to my door guys it's a no-brainer it really is Get yourself some butcher box. If you want to grill, if you want to cook, it's the best stuff out there. Right now, listen to this. You can get a free one pack of bacon and one pack of pulled pork off your first box. That's one pack of bacon and one pack of pulled pork for free in your first box. Simply go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty sports. That's butcher box. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. So we'll do that again. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Get that sent right to your house. Again, butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. I love the butcherbox meats. I I think they're, it's such a good high quality. And Andy, you sold me. Can we get butcherbox my new address? Because I live with a vegetarian now and I need some bacon. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get that your way for sure. So... Good transition into the second game. I agree. Romo even said it yesterday. I don't know if you caught this during the broadcast. He said, I honestly think if he retired after this season, he's already a Hall of Famer. This is where we're at in three seasons with Patrick Mahomes. At this point, i be honest, I just don't know how you stop them. I don't, I don't think that's even really a – I don't even think that's really like – or should necessarily be a strategy. I think that there's, I think good, good defense, you know, great defense beats great offense. But I think the, we right now in football, we don't have an elite defense that is on par with the weapons and the, strategy that the chiefs bring offensively and they do just enough defensively too you know like it's not all offense they're not the greatest show on turf um they have an incredible offense they have the most talented quarterback we've ever seen they have insane weapons they get they get the job done on defense um i just don't i just i agree with you i don't see I don't see how you stop them. I mean, the Bills didn't look great offensively, or sorry, defensively against the Colts, but then they showed up. They had a plan of attack against the Ravens. And it just goes to show you that when when we're talking about the quality of quarterbacks and, and the guys who win MVPs and should win MVPs, whatever, like you can scheme for Lamar Jackson. You can't scheme for Patrick Mahomes. I thought – I was curious how he would play because he's battling the turf toe. 
and obviously the neck brain injury. It's like it didn't even affect him, man. And we forget Mahomes is a big dude. I think they said that during the broadcast. He's like around 6'3", 240. Like, he's not a little guy. Yeah. So he's tough to bring down. Even when you grab his jersey and like yesterday where he's a little more immobile, he's still not easy to bring down. I just – I don't know, man. This is going to sound weird. There's part of me who they're, they're, they're too good. They have too many speedsters from Hill to Harvin. Like, it's almost unfair. Like, I almost have a defeatist attitude at this point sometimes where you're like, dude, is anybody going to give him a game? Because- well, so, the, I mean, I guess that, you know, and we, we certainly have to talk about Chiefs bills, but since, since you said, is anybody giving him a game? This is, I guess this is a question for you since you're for, for sure in this camp. But the weapons, Mahomes, the weapons, the coaching staff, kind of a ball hawking defense versus Tom Brady's will to win and the way he just gets the most out of his squad. What uh, do you see happening? In this, what do you see? Would you give them a chance in the Super Bowl? I give them a chance. I don't like how you word that, though, the will to win. It's just a dig at Brady. It, that's, his, just what, that's what you're uh, doing. Okay. Sorry, not his will to win. His killer instinct? Is no, that better? No, no, no. All I'm his, saying is his, his spoken and outspoken leadership, unspoken I think, leadership. I think, I think a guy like a Tom Brady, just like a guy like Peyton Manning, affects – like same way Peyton brought that to Denver and they make two Super Bowls. Like – the knowledge, the respect, and just the overall personality of players of that caliber, I think, are going to affect the whole team. I'm not, I'm not out there saying, "Oh, it was Tom." I don't like that. That's like a McCockner thing—a will to win and all that. But I feel the same way about a LeBron James, like a Michael Jordan. You know, the greats bring that expectation of greatness, but. That can only go so far, of course. I hope it's a game, but the crazy thing about the Chiefs is we all probably thought the same thing. They go, they go down 9-0 yesterday. You're like, whatever. Totally. It, it, it doesn't even matter because all they need to do realistically is turn it on for one quarter because they can put up so many points. Remember the first time the Bucs played them in yeah. Tampa? Yeah. Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in the first quarter. And they kind of downshifted, and they just and they only cruise control for the rest of the game. Yeah, they only won by three. I went back and I and I rewatched some stuff and looked at the box score. They only won by three because the Bucks put up in a way two garbage time touchdowns. My point is, I just I just don't know. The only reason they played close games, like you said, they would downshift. But when they don't, like good luck stopping them. Right. It's, it's and, three and a half, right? I just think that's, that's a small spread. I don't know. I, I mean, can the Bucks, the Bucks to be in that game are going to have to have a different approach than they've had all year. They, yeah. can't, be, they can't be going downfield. They're going to have to dink and dunk and have long drives to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And, and you know, it, what it comes down to when, when you talk about, like, the Brady thing and this matchup and whatever is like, you know, there, there are loud outspoken people out there about the Tom, the Tom Brady effect. And there are, you know, the people who want to 
you know, uh, stand in their sister's basement puffing up their chest about how right they are. But I can tell you one thing for sure. Maddie Goldberg right now does not want to bet me on Tom Brady's will to win in the Super Bowl. And I guarantee you he won't do it. Here's his lockbox right here offering him money. Do you want money? Do you want killer instinct versus the world? Here, come, come have the money. What's up with you and Goldberg? What are you talking about? Well, Goldberg. I know you, you know, had a bet. So we, here's the thing. This is what needs to be known about the bet. And you know this to be true. I deleted all of my replies last year, correct? Yes. I deleted like tweets older than like two years. All my replies. Maddie Goldberg is claiming I deleted our bet to hide from it. Conspiracy. Right. When the, when the truth is, the idea of me betting, to, the idea of me making a bet and every single person that ever knows me making a bet with them, it gets marked down and a little bit like what happened was I paid Maddie Goldberg $100 on a bet that only that only Maddie in the whole world claims to have happened. Now, did we exchange ideas on, on Brady versus Belichick versus whatever? Sure. Maybe, but I paid him. Cause I'm like, here's the deal. I'm going to, if, if you say this is the bet, no, I remember. I remember you. You did make a bet, a hundred dollar bet. Who makes the Super Bowl first, Brady or Belichick? Now you saying that happened on our show, right? Because that's what I thought. I thought we had a conversation when Maddie stepped in for you at one point. Maddie I don't know if it happened on the show. I do. This- I do remember that. I remember the tweet exchange because I remember laughing okay. about it. So I pay Maddie. Did it? Ha- and it could have happened. Did it happen on the show? I don't know. I mean, I was doing I, my dad. That's stuff. the thing because I don't know. Did I bet on winning a Super Bowl? Did I bet on making a Super Bowl? Did I bet on this? Did I bet. I don't know. Maddie also has no reference of this but then i call maddie up and i'm like let's bet on some action and he's like man you already we already bet it's locked in it's locked in there's no betting anymore i'm like that's fine all right listen i'm not gonna play these games i know i know maddie the guy he's living in a bunk bed he's squirreling away money under his bed so i paid him he's been paid okay he can't, so he's been paid, but he can't leave it at being paid. He's got to take screenshots of our payments and talk shit while not tagging me and all this. And here I am. Wait, wait, the, wait am I missing? Did I miss yeah. something? So now the bank. Maddie's talking shit. Hold on. So now the bank is open for withdrawals. Maddie can get the will to win, the killer instinct, the goat, and some points in the Super Bowl. Does he want it? Does he want to go 200? Does he want to go 500? Let's just all agree here. There are gamblers, and then there are guys who like to play online poker for six cents a hand. I am a gambler. Matty Goldberg is a six cent a poker hand grinder who likes to take his little wins when they're literally given to him and talk shit. Wow, there's some serious shots fired. I think can we bring Goldberg on Thursday? I think we need to. We can bring this. Goldberg on Thursday if Goldberg wants to gamble. But if Goldberg wants to come here, listen, you know, it's just about the media disrespecting Tom Brady. It's the media and you guys and Nick Wright 
and Barry McCockner. Okay, well, me, Nick Wright, and Barry McCockner all say Tom Brady's going to lose the Super Bowl. Do you want to bet against it? Do you want to bet for your GOAT? Yeah, but see, see here, here's my thing about bringing in, like, those guys, Joe. Like, I, I just think what I hate about, the, like, those things is the goalpost keeps moving. It's like, so I I'm not Barry McCockner, and I, I'm not Nick Wright. So I know, but, but Matty you Goldberg should stop talking to me about Barry McCockner. But you mentioned them. I, I'm just – I'm kind of diverting the conversation to somebody like them. I, I just hate when people will say, oh, Brady, Brady, Brady. He's not going to do this. And then when he does – People then double, triple down and say, well, he's not going to do this. So you're mad. I'm looking at Goldberg's Twitter. You're mad at his screenshot of a Venmo? No, I'm just mad. He, t- he got his money. He got his win. I don't know what. Now he wants what? He doesn't want more action. I know that. So what does he want? Clout? Maddie, I'm talking about you on the show. You're getting what you want. You got your money and your clout. I, I you mean, have you have enough you have you have one thousand poker buy-ins at ten cents a buy-in. I think probably Maddie's thing, I don't want to speak for him. Like I said, we should just bring him on for a few minutes and he can discuss it. He probably just wants you to admit you were wrong about Brady taking the team to the Super Bowl. Okay. I was wrong about Tom Brady taking the team to the Super Bowl. Now I want Maddie Goldberg to come on the show and either tell me I'm wrong about him not winning the Super Bowl and gamble or say I'm right about Tom Brady not winning the Super Bowl and not gamble. You got the goat. You got the killer instinct. You got the will to win. You got the TB12 method. You got... You got the way he inspires teammates. You got veteran leadership. I've got Mahomes on the road. Well, I mean, man, you're asking me with pocket aces to bet versus you with pocket kings. I mean, anything can happen here, buddy. Would you give him points? Yeah, he can have the spread if he wants them. Because it's what, around three and a half now? Sure. I might take you up on that straight up. No, but you'd have to give me points. See, you want to gamble, but we're gamblers. I'm not a gambler. I'm Maddie not. Goldberg is essentially sitting at a virtual poker table eating club sandwiches his whole life for six cents a hand. Shots fired, Prano. $100 for him is when the fucking, you know, 10 slot machines hit simultaneously and free drinks well it sounds like Goldberg. you gotta go let Goldberg defend himself he, Goldberg can defend himself you think i just don't i just don't want him to come on talking about what colin coward says i don't listen to colin coward i don't listen to i don't i have no podcast i don't listen i'm on, I'm on watch sports media talk to me about what i'm saying okay I think that's fair, and and we'll, and I'm Tom sure Brady's not... the greatest quarterback of all time. Now that we all agree on that, does Maddie Riverboat Maddie, the Maverick as they call him, Maddie the Maverick? He's Mel Gibson riding the riverboat, playing poker. He's Doc Holliday. Does 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 the world's does Dirty Sports' most famous gambler? Want to bet on the great? Want to bet on who we agree is the greatest quarterback of all time? But but hold on, I, I want to defend Matty here in this because 
if he doesn't, Joe, they're the underdogs. They're going against, I mean, come on, the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. If he, you're making it sound like if Maddie doesn't want to defend or bet on Bucks Brady, that he's a bitch. I don't, I don't know if that's no, fair. No, I'm not saying it. Then I'm just saying we all agree. Agree what? That the will to win, that Tom Brady doesn't have some fucking magic juju. No, but who's and the but, will to win? But stop saying who's saying that. Well, that that. Do, do you think I'm saying that? All I'm saying is I think somebody like Brady's caliber makes the team better. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you something, Andy. Do you think LeBron makes the team better? Do you think yeah, Michael Jordan me, makes the team better? Let me ask better? you something. We've we've talked about, and we should, and we well, we can we can double back to the Bills game after this. Okay. We agree. You can't really scheme for Patrick Mahomes, correct? Correct. Do we think that Bill Belichick did a decent job scheming for Patrick Mahomes when they beat him in the AFC Championship game? Now, Tom Brady did get the lining up offsides before his pick six to lose the game, but did he do an okay job scheming for Patrick Mahomes? Do we think that if Bill Belichick is the coach of this Bucks team, that maybe they come with a strategy? Yeah, he's the best coach of all time. Okay. So I think what we're saying is it's not just the will to win. You also need to have a way to stop well, the Kansas course. City Chiefs offense. Of course. Yeah, it's a con- look, no one's denying the combination of coach-player, right? For every dynasty, whether it's Popovich with the Spurs or Phil Jackson with the Lakers or Bulls, whoever. Of, of or Tyron Lue with the Cavs. You know, of course, well, not that, but, you right. know, of, of course. <laughs> Glad we agree. Of course the coach player, like, of course that matters. No one's denying. And even last year, it's crazy. I was thinking about last year, and I might rewatch it. I thought their game plan in last year's Super Bowl, look, they lost. Overall, don't you think it was a pretty good game plan defensively? Yeah. Like the 49ers did? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Mahomes' best game. Like, I don't know. You, you you basically need to beat Mahomes. You need to keep him at like an eighty percent level, which is still great. Like Mahomes at eighty percent is still amazing. You need to somehow keep him to that, or only let him go nuts for a quarter or whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, the Bucks are going to have to get to him. I mean, that's the thing about Patrick Mahomes is. We are a guy lining up offsides away from him coming to the league, going to three three consecutive Super Bowls to start his career. Now let's not forget though, in that overtime, Kansas City didn't even get the ball. Brady led right. them straight down the field and they got a right. touchdown. Right. So um look, we got a now, lot now now let's double back to the Chiefs Bills. I think, you know, the one thing about uh, do I take pleasure in knowing that Poop Sock lost his, you know, uh, military salary betting on the bills this year? Yeah, I do. I'm, I, it gives me great joy. That being said, I wrote, I, I, I was, I, you know, I wasn't rooting for the bills in this game, but I'm like rooting for the bills in general. Josh Allen's fun to watch. Diggs leaving D- Diggs, you know, doing the snake Pliskin and escaping Kirk cousins is you know a, a, something to root for um they are a fun team it's nice as much as the you know patriots had dominated the afc 
East for so long. It's nice to see another team win the AFC East, do well, have a young quarterback that, you know, looks like he, he's the future of a franchise. Bill's Mafia is fun, all that. They don't have the defensive strategy or defensive talent to stop Patrick Mahomes. And then from the offensive side, Josh Allen plays fine, but he's running backwards the whole game. And, and props to, you know, former Giants defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnola, who he brings pressure to do just enough with the team, with the talent he has. He, he knows how to use his ball hawks. He knows how to use pressure. He knows how to use, you know, uh, uh, edge pressure with defensive backs to just get guys off their spot. And if he makes one, you know, if he gets a, one turnover here or one big sack there, you're behind the eight ball when you're going against, you know, the greatest show on mud or whatever we're calling them. There were some also questionable calls. I don't know why, not that it mattered, but they dissected it during the game. Why they're going for two at that point when they were down by, I forget how many points in the fourth yeah. quarter. Again, it ultimately didn't matter, but they did get the onside kick. I don't know. Look, if I'm a Bills fan, the future looks, it looks good. No longer have the Patriot dynasty with Brady and Belichick together. Look, you, it looks bright. Maybe get, maybe get some running backs. But uh, when you say, but the other thing is like, let's have perspective when the future looks bright, they just played in an AFC championship game. That's what I'm saying. Like, it looks is, bright. Is the future like doing this a bunch? I think it could be. Yeah, but my point is right. That that's a that's a like you're you have a juggernaut in the Chiefs. Yes, and like I said before, I'm not taking. I I don't think it's a like even though people in other sports or with other players, you know, like to say there's a black eye on this guy's career for like escaping to greener pastures where they're not going to have to see this opponent, where they're not going to have to play the Spurs, or they're not going to have to play whoever. Uh, Tom Brady went to the NFC. And Tom Brady gets, you know, Tom Brady gets the, his shot against Mahomes now in a Super Bowl. Is the future, is the brightness for the, for the Bills, is it bright enough where you ever see them beating a Kansas City Chiefs team that's led by Patrick Mahomes? Or are you hoping that, like, he gets knocked out before this game. You knock him out in that game. The turf toes too much. You never know what's going to happen. Because now I'm, there's talk of where's Stafford going? Where's Rogers going? Where's Deshaun Watson going? Where's what's the Miami? Like, I like what the bills have built, but was their window a hobbled Mahomes in the AFC championship game? I'm going to say no. Because I think things change so rapidly in the NFL. I mean, I mean, it's crazy to think the Chiefs are – think about this. This shows the parity of the league. The Chiefs are trying to become the first team to go back-to-back since the Patriots did in 2003-2004. My point is I feel above all sports, and I don't know the numbers on it, but I feel like there's a lot more parity. I know the Patriots have been to a lot of Super Bowls. There hasn't been a back-to-back in 17 years. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you've seen a lot of back-to-backs in the other leagues. Sure. So, I just think 
you never know what can happen. You really don't. And who knows? Right now, it doesn't appear too friendly in the AFC for anybody against the Chiefs. But who knows? I, I, I think that I, like, I like what the Bills are doing. You know, it's one year. Who knows? Who, whatever. Like, I don't know. In the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible, right? That's right. And the Matthew Stafford thing, it happened. You alluded to it. He's free. He is free. Well, he's not free officially, but the free they're 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 processing his, you know, uh, processing his his freedom from jail. It's like the last day in jail. Like they're giving him all his clothes back, all his personal items. <laughs> they're getting him out of the jumpsuit. They're getting him out of the sil the aqua blue and silver jumpsuit. They're giving back his, you know, his personal items. <laughs> He's getting ready to be processed out of jail. Yeah. Let me play this call real quick. I don't even remember what it said. It was about Stafford, though. This was before the news was revealed that he's going to leave. Let me see what they say, though. What's up, boys? It's uh, Tyler Kelly out from Houston, Texas. Just had a quick question, really quick one. Uh, do you believe by the end of Matthew Stafford's career, he'll have enough to be a Hall of Famer? Just wanted to see where y'all took that and have the ball rolling. Um, anyways, condoms are for all of Houston sports right now. It's literally chaos right now for our stars. But I'll start real quick. Uh, his numbers are there as far as through this many games, through this many seasons. The problem is he doesn't have a single playoff win. Now, he's only played three. But to me, okay, so we say Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer because that's he's what I was gonna say. So if, you, if he if he eclipses all Philip Rivers' numbers, which he probably will unless he retires early. Philip Rivers also has five playoff wins. It's not a lot. It's five though. Right. It's not, not a lot, it. but like but I get I guess the question is like what's to me like I, to me, your legacy is your numbers plus like you're winning, and your winning comes in the form of like getting to a Super Bowl. I, I agree. Winning a Super Bowl. No, like, I think I think get it, it. is 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 Philip Rivers five playoff wins different, better or worse than like if Stafford finishes with a playoff win or two playoff wins or no playoff wins. I don't no, no. think so. But to me, to me, it's not. That's not a factor in my decision. Like, well, let, I, I'm not looking. L let me just say this too. I'm not looking at your teams, like your your record as a starter. I'm not looking at your record in the playoffs. I'm not looking at whatever. Like, we we need gross numbers, plus or minus championships. To me, yeah. that's a fact. Like you know. People talk about gross. You know, I was I was talking to somebody and they were like, "Eli Manning's not a fucking Hall of Famer because like Tom, you know, Vinny Testaverde won, you know, finished sixth in yards when he retired." Okay, here's the thing: Vinny Testaverde wins two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. He is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, yeah, Carson Palmer wins two Super Bowls. He is in the Hall of Fame. So that to me is the, like your, your, 
your championship level ability is is you know whipped cream and a cherry on your career but you can't like whipped cream and cherry in a bowl isn't a sunday yeah right like you can't just put whipped cream and cherry and say trent dilfer is the best sunday you've ever had like it's bad there's no ice cream in here guy so uh you know to me i think matthew stafford has is trending towards a hall of famer but i think that's exactly why he wants out because he's he been in a, he's been in a situation where winning playoff games getting to the playoffs isn't an option and it's happened to guys in detroit before and they said well i don't play the co- the most coddled position in football i don't want to die of you know concussions i quit well Stafford's going like, hey, the Niners need a quarterback and the Patriots need a quarterback and Brady's allowed to leave. And I'm glad that this is all being brought up because I this is a perfect time for me to introduce. Uh, I have a new book coming out. Okay. Matthew Stafford Derangement Syndrome. How media bias has caused us to overlook the start of a Hall of Fame NFL career. Uh, it's it's going to be out by... March 1st, and I've put all the analytics into why Matthew Stafford is on a trajectory to be a Hall of Famer. And I, I mean, first of all, I like this. And second of all, can you just basically write the same book and have the last chapter be also uh, never even accused of raping anybody or yeah. sexually assaulting anybody or eating a W on the sideline? <laughs> So, like, all the raw stats plus none of the downside. Yeah. By the way, I will admit guilty pleasure of mine going to that guy's Twitter page. I mean, spinning SpongeBob. Like, he's a Tom Brady stan, you know, like. Pick a lane, bro. Yeah. Talk about, like, that's definition of pick a lane. Yeah. Like, definition. His, his quarterback rankings at this point are Otto Graham, Jameis Winston, then Brady. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, bro. <laughs> I love uh oh there there was a few on. Every Jameis Winston hater owes him an apology. <laughs> he said that? Yeah. Because after yesterday's game. Yeah. Do you know? I don't. I think Jameis Winston owes a lot of people apologies. I think it's yeah. the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Prano, I'm excited uh, to announce this next partnership that we have. Oh, I'm very excited. Speaking, you know, speaking of uh, of you know all that's gone on this weekend is like you, I'm I'm obviously a big Aaron Rodgers uh, stand, but like you can't argue with Aaron Rodgers. He's golfing right now. I oh, know. Yeah. I I know he likes it. I've I've seen him at the Tahoe tournament and you know the numbers are what they are. But when all is said and done, you go out and you pick up your golf bag and you head and you head to the you head to play eighteen while Tom Brady heads to the Super Bowl. I it's hard for me to defend you, buddy. And that's absolutely what uh Aaron Rodgers is doing. And I only hope that Aaron Rodgers 
is using the same golf bag that we are now using at the Dirty Sports Podcast, the Minimal Golf Bag. Minimal is an awesome golf bag company that's based right here in Southern California. And the reason I hope Aaron Rodgers is using it is because maybe he could use the Bluetooth speaker that comes on the Minimal Golf Bag. Dude. To play some soothing, maybe play some Jack Johnson or some, uh, you know, George Harrison solo guitar stuff. Like he needs some calming, soothing music because he had a rough weekend. He's going to be thinking about that fourth down call all off season. Hopefully he's got some soothing music on the course. Andy, it, has, your, has, has your bag arrived? It hasn't arrived, but you showed me yours, this thing. Yes. And it's I think it's a... I think it's important for dirt balls to hear this because I am not an avid golfer. This bag wants me to become an avid golfer. This is one of the most, it, it's a fully customizable golf bag. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like I'm struggling for words because there are so many cool features that are legitimately awesome. Minimal golf bags make minimalistic, modern, fully customizable golf bags. Everything you need, nothing you don't. Here's how I've described it, Andy. It's the Tesla of golf bags. It's a great description. Mine, I saw this when, when, they, when they customized mine for me. It's, it's this white leather material. It looks so great in the back of my white Cadillac and my white leather seats. They put, my, they put a cartoon of my face on it with me wearing a Miller Lite hat. It's got a beer well, it's, it's not just for beer, but obviously I'm using it for Miller Lite. They have a cooler pocket that has drain holes. So you can put ice in the, in the bag with your beers, which Amazing. I did yesterday. Amazing. It's got a solar panel, which charges your phone, which can be used to charge the Bluetooth speaker. It's amazing. And then my favorite things, a couple of my favorite things, no zippers. The worst thing in the world is when a zipper breaks because like we all say, oh, we, we can just take something to like the tailor and get them to anytime a zipper breaks on something, it is done. It's all magnets and again, fully customizable. They put my face on mine. They put the dirty sports logo and your initials on yours. Um, and then honestly, my favorite thing, and it's, it's uh, only available in the minimal golf bags. They have a patent pending phone holder filming pocket so we've all seen the the golf bags that go onto legs they lean down and they go onto legs when the minimal golf bag goes lean down on its legs they have an outer pocket that then becomes level you put your phone in there you put it behind you at the range and you can film your own swing which i just did i played with my brother the other day we went to the range before and i set up my phone bag i set up my minimal bag i put the phone thing i took I took a bunch of video of my swing and I was able to break down what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong in my swing. You can set it up on the course behind you and film, you know, your, your tee shots onto par threes. If you hit a hole in one, isn't it great that you could have it on film? It's just, I saw these bags and I was like, I need one. We worked out a great partnership with the, those guys and you, you've got one on the way. They've got white, they've got black. Personally, I think the white is incredible incredible like if it's the coolest yeah go ahead i'm gonna say if you're a golfer this is no lie i can't miss product and mine should be arriving today or tomorrow i'm stoked it's winter here it's still cold but when the weather gets better i'm excited 
Like I'm giddy. After, after you show me yours, guys, you got to go over to minimalgolf.com to check this out. That's M-I-N-I-M-A-L golf.com, minimalgolf.com. I mean, the feature to film your swings and the Bluetooth setup, I mean, for the speakers, it, it's just. In your phone, you could like, like, you know, like Tug always tells me, like, I'm a slow golfer. It's tough for me to get through a round while still, you know, I use my app on my phone to track my score. The worst thing is when I'm tracking a good round and I'm almost out of juice and I'm like, am I going to be able to upload this? Am I not going to be able to upload this? You plug in your phone. It charges your phone. It's got a solar panel. It's, it's like ridiculous. I'll, I'll just read the phone pocket, the, the stand mechanism, a four-way divider, comfortably carries 14 clubs, insanely comfortable. Honestly, the straps are ridiculously comfortable the magnetic pockets like i said no zippers uh the 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 cooler pocket where you can put ice in the idea that you have something that has both electronics and a cooler that you can put ice in is mind-blowing the white is dope the black i can't wait for you to tell me how that looks but the white is like the white is clean i feel like i'm miami vice when i'm golfing um check out minimal golf bags and the last thing i'll say before we move on from this andy since this is our first uh, promotion of their product. You would think, I called it the Tesla of golf bags. It's the Tesla of golf bags at Honda Accord prices. It isn't, I told my brother about it. He's like, this bag is ridiculous. And he's like, how much do you pay for it? I told him and, and he said, that's what I paid for my bag. I was like, but your bag doesn't have a cooler pocket or a phone charger or a Bluetooth speaker or a solar panel. And he's like, or a phone filming pocket. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I was like, well, the idea that they're able to charge the same price for golf bags that don't have any of this stuff is ridiculous. Yeah. No, no, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's awesome, guys. Go right now, or when the podcast ends, over to minimalgolf.com. Check it out. Great products. Can't rave enough about it. And I can't wait to play. Maybe it'll help. The, the only question is when we get together for a golf round, who, who's music, you know, we're both going to have Bluetooth speakers. Whose music do you choose? Well, that is a good question. And this is going to inspire me to improve my absolutely horrid golf game. And what better way to do, than to do it in style, Joe Prano. Absolutely. And honest and, and truly like the, the one day I've had so far, and I'm going to do it today again, but the one day I've had so far on the range with filming my swing is like a game changer. It really is. I, I can see all the things I'm doing wrong. It's yeah. like, it, you know, a golf bag that makes you a more stylish golfer and literally makes you a better golfer. I'm so excited that we finally have this as, our, as a, a sponsor of the dirty sports podcast yeah they're great so go check that out minimalgolf.com we gotta talk hank aaron we gotta sadly hank aaron passed over the weekend he was 86 years old and it's crazy to think and i tweeted this out that he's been underappreciated i think just my view he's always connected to passing babe ruth and the home runs but my fascination with him actually goes way back. So I read a biography of him when I was like. I did too. I know the exact biography you're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I read it. I read the same book when I was like 
12 years old. I was just going to say, yes, I was around 11 or 12. And I remember learning at that age, holy shit, because I was the same way. You just think, oh, he passed Babe Ruth. And then I read how good he was and all the things he overcame and the whole history. So ever since then, I've always said, guys, he's so good and he's so underappreciated. And the numbers back it up. I mean, he's a, you could argue like the best guy of all. I mean, it's arguable. I know you'd say Trout, but my point is like the numbers of Hank Aaron. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly. The consistency. um, Does, where is he like, he, where is he on the all-time RBI list? Like he's the leader. Right. I mean, what are we talking about here? You want to hear yeah, some, I mean, that, you want to hear some quick numbers I have sitting here? Yeah. He's the leader in RBIs, extra base hits, total bases. I, I mean, I mean, it's just the the he, other he, thing that the other thing that's always you know mentioned if you're a baseball stan, a good good stat because when a guy hits that many home runs, it's like oh he's a home run hitter. If you take away his all time home run leading numbers at the time he still has 3,000 hits that's the craziest stat I saw that I think he's got three thirty seven hundred and seventy something or whatever like hits and he had 755 home runs if you take away his home runs he still has 3,000 hits that's that's an insane thing to say he hit 20 or more home runs for 20 seasons, dude. Yeah. And that and that's the other thing about him is like the consistency. I think it was 30 or more 15 times. The never only hit per- never hit 50, right? Never hit 50. Yeah. So so these are the quick numbers on the home runs. He hit 40 or more 8 times, 30 or more 15 times, and 20 or more 20 times. I love this stat here. His worst performance at the plate in any season came in 1995. I'm sorry, 1955. 1995 would have been made sense. 74-year-old <laughs> Hank Aaron struggling with the with the Greg Maddox's changeup. So he had a 141 OPS plus. This is what they're talking to. And it says for reference, a 141 OPS plus is the best in David Ortiz's career. <laughs> and right. that was the worst yeah. ever for Hank Aaron's career. Made the yeah. All-Star game 25 times. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, just, yeah, one of the great, like, all-time great, like, you could argue, again, you could argue for sure the best ever. You could make that argument. You I mean, really could. You, you know, you want to you argue RBI, forget the home runs. Argue RBI, argue total bases, argue like, you know, get away from like the raw numbers and and get into like a little bit more of like the, you know, production, total bases, driving in runs, OPS, like, come on. Yeah. It was a great, and well, you know, wasn't, I would, you know, we don't want to say great defensive player. I didn't get to watch him, so I don't want to like give him clap, but like always talked about as a good Defensive outfielder. Yeah. I mean, the consistency, the longevity. He put and again, bat- and, and you know, like, I know we're a long way f- from that, but like, 
the like getting death threats for like passing Ruth or like the chase for Ruth. Like there's so much, I got to imagine a lot of the people when those dipshits ruined his, you know, trot by running on the field. Um, a lot, I bet a lot of people in the moment thought like, they were oh, those trying guys to kill him, murder him. Yeah. 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 I bet there was fear in him. There had to be. Yeah. When the stoner bros ran onto the field. By the way, where was the security? Like, where is the security there? Yeah. Yeah. The security, the security in, you know, Atlanta, was that in Atlanta? Or was he on the road there? I think he was the, on the road. The game time one was in Cincinnati. I know that. Okay. Might have been in Atlanta. I want to say like the the security in Atlanta protecting Capitol their, Hill. Their, 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 yeah, they're black. I was like, that's, that's Hank Aaron right there. Yeah. We just want to take a picture with them. And think about yeah, that. Yeah, of course you do. Think about that. You're getting death threats and you're still going out there and playing at such a high level. Yeah. The, the pressure that he must have had and that he overcame. I mean, it's, that's so funny. We read the same biography though. Yeah. I remember reading it. I remember the picture on the cover. I remember everything. Yeah. So I went through a phase where I was big into biographies of, of sports and particularly baseball players. Cause then I did Reggie Jackson's and I remember, uh, I had to do a speech on Reggie Jackson. I chose, I chose the Oakland. Like I was going to, you had to dress up too. And I remember I wanted an Oakland jersey. Oh, please tell me that there's not pictures out there of you dressed as Reggie Jackson with the chops and an afro. Canceled, oh. canceled, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, you say canceled and it fucking goes bad. That's, that's the way it works. Yeah, he's back. There we are. The, the, minute just, you said, the minute you said canceled, it cut I out. No, I was just saying it froze on a, on a, on a, awkward picture of your face where it's very clear that you're trying to trying to justify wearing an afro under a flapless batting helmet as a 10 year old which i didn't do but what i was gonna say <laughs> is i i wanted an i wanted an A's jersey and you know my parents they just weren't my mom was like no we're not buying you they just they would never they, they weren't those type of people who just spend like that we're not buying you an A jersey because you have to do one presentation in front of your class on reggie jackson's biography so, you know, my parents did. It took a white shirt and just put like, like they, they made like a, a plain undershirt. And that was my, they drew like A's. And I had carried a bat and had baseball hilarious. <laughs> like that was my thing. Although looking back on it, yeah, my friend was, did his on, uh, on, uh, God, why am I, uh, Jesus Christ. Who broke the color bear? I'm losing my mind. Jackie today. Robinson. My buddy did Jackie Robinson. It's funny. Like, who knows? Maybe you're right, Prano. Is there, is there all these white kids who were looking up to all these black athletes that were in blackface? Yeah. I don't think so. I love it. Just, yeah. <laughs> just imagine the Ricky Henderson kid in there. He's like, I'm here to talk about the stolen base king. <laughs> Ricky's the stolen base king. I'm the stolen base king. And when I say I am, I mean Ricky. I'm allowed to speak in the third person because I'm Ricky Anderson. I'm allowed to wear blackface. Ricky can wear blackface all he wants. You can't cancel Ricky. That, by the way, that's so funny. That's the ultimate cancelization. We have you from the third grade when you were actually supporting, but hey, now yeah. canceled. Yeah. 
Well, in other quick all-time news, I don't, did you have anything else to say about Hank Aaron? No, just Hammer and Hank, one of the goats. Steph Curry now number two all-time all on the yeah. three-point list. He passed Reggie Miller. The goat, the goat three-point shooter. And uh, Ray the goat Allen. episode. Yeah, Ray Allen. There you go. Ray Allen is in, in sights. I mean, it's going to be a couple more years, but... Uh, but he passed, right? Reggie was 39 when he retired. Uh, Steph is 32. So he's seven years ahead of Reggie, Reggie Miller's three-point pace. That's insane. Uh, Ray Allen was definitely, what, 39, 40? Ray Allen's just a year or two older than me and just retired a couple years ago. So he was pushing 40. And um, you ever, Steph, you ever- Steph will pass him, what, in a couple seasons? Yeah. You ever look at these guys and say, I haven't accomplished anything in my life? Can yeah, you say something like that? Yeah, all the time. Like, I think about that. Like, you're like, yeah. Kobe, Kobe is only like a year older than me. You look at what these guys, like, like, I look at these athletes sometimes and I'm like, okay, you're my age. You've accomplished so much in your life. I have accomplished nothing. I used to compare myself to Kobe because Kobe was a year older than me. And you're like, look at this guy. He's in the NBA at this career. He's winning championships. And then... The day Kobe called it quits, I was just achieving my greatness of taking a shot every time Kobe. And then I was just like, this is, this is where, this is the bell curve. This is where, this is where it peaked out and you started dropping and I stayed up here. Oh, so, so you exceeded Kobe. I'm just saying at the, like, it was always, it always felt, it was always that, that sensation that you are talking about. And then I was like, oh, the day I took 40 whiskey shots and Kobe called the quits and became like a basketball dad. Yeah. yeah. There, was, there was a long time where Kobe was outpacing me, but it's, you know, it's the tortoise and the hare. Like for me. Slow and steady wins the race. It was only drinking whiskey shots and then quickly wins the race. Never forget that night. Never forget. For me, it was only one year. It was my, it was my will to win, Andy. <laughs> I've never used that term. I've never used that. It's almost it's my, like it's my, it's my veteran leadership as a 20-year whiskey drinker. But you know that's true, Joe. God damn it. Leadership is real. You know that. Yeah, of course. I was in high school at the same time for, it was only a year, but with LeBron, think about that. That's crazy to me to think I saw LeBron play because I wasn't even on the team, right? We were playing after them. And it's just so crazy to think like I saw LeBron play and we were both in high school together. And now we're in my parents' basement. Yeah. And like with, with, with shaky internet. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James has Space Jam 2 coming out. He's, he's pacing to win a MVP at 37. He's not on that list, is he? Uh, of people who, I mean, yeah. Because like, they're, 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 you know, it's, they're giving it's them one, some time off this year. It's one of those things where, um, it's one of those things where, like, the, the, the hot 
you know, new person again. Now, now it's the, now it's Jokic. Oh, he's leading the league in assists or whatever. But I did see a, a breakdown yesterday in terms of like, you know, the, the advanced analytics of LeBron and what he's doing with the Lakers team. And he's, I think he's averaging, you know, 27, eight and eight and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. From, from an analytics standpoint, he's, once again, the most valuable player in basketball. Yeah, I had the uh, on the lately. I've been putting on games on the when I go on the treadmill. I just grab the iPad and I was watching. I watched the first half of that Bulls Lakers on the treadmill Saturday, and you just you end up going to a different game because you're like that. That game was they were up like thirty. It was just a blowout. There's this cool thing, and and I found it the other day. I'm gonna. I meant I meant to mention this to the our listeners, and I don't know if it's because the game was on TNT. So the Lakers uh, Bucks game was on TNT. Yeah. But it was still blacked out here because I'm in LA, which is like, what the fuck guys? Like, that's ridiculous. Like I understand blacking out like, but you're blacking out national TV games to the local audience. It's so dumb. Um, so it's blacked out. So I go to, I'm like, I'm like, trying to throw a hail mary here i go to so nba pass you couldn't watch that so i go to nba league pass to watch it now lakers games are blacked out for me on league pass because i should be watching it on spectrum like the one fucking place where they're allowed to show lakers games or whatever so i go to league pass and i'm hoping well maybe because it's a national game we're doing a thing i click on it and league pass has various angles of the game but none of them the official angle of the game and none of them with announcers and i find the greatest thing of all time and again i don't know if this is a very particular situation where a game is on national tv but then also so use this hack if you ever need this if a game is on tnt or maybe espn i don't know go to league pass and you can watch all these different angles one, I found one feed that was literally a camera on LeBron James the whole, the whole time, like a up close LeBron James cam. And I watched the entire game, just a LeBron James. And it was amazing. I feel like you were masturbating while watching. I this. literally almost tweeted that. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing to see the way he moves when like without the ball or like the way he re- conserves energy, the passes, the way he was directing people, it was a, it's like when you go and you get to sit courtside and you, and you go, I'm just going to watch this one dude for 10 minutes. Yeah. I watched it. I watched it for an hour and it was the greatest thing ever. That is great. That's cool. So shout out to you for getting, for thusting us league pass. Yeah. No worries, man. Well, look, we've gone, about an hour and 40 minutes and we're not going to have time for calls eggs. I have a meeting, but it's a good episode. If you do want to leave a call, we'll get to some calls on Thursday. 310-359-8365. I see there's already been a tweet put out about Goldberg coming on. We've extended the invite. Hopefully Maddie G can make a cameo on Thursday. Could be fun. Yeah. I think we should let him. I think we should think about having him come on next week. We're a little closer to the Super Bowl. Have him. Like I feel like he can talk between now and next week. He can talk himself into the will to win. 
We'll see what his schedule is. I'm sure he's. Got we'll see what his schedule is. Like, I don't know. Internet's not so good. I might have to do this from the library. I would love if he was doing it from the library. Yeah, but Maddie is always welcome on the show, and uh, you know I look forward to having him. Not, not look at the camera. Him. Not yeah. look at the camera. He's gonna be like, "What do you mean? <laughs> Why would I bet on Tom Brady?" Yeah, no, it's always good. I love having Maddie on the show. It's always good. You know, he, he's uh, he's an OG dirtball, OG uh, guest on the show. One of the best, of course. All right, guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop an iTunes review. And if you drop an iTunes review, leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will get you koozies in the mail. Joe, where can they follow you? Well, first of all, I want to do a couple of quick plugs. One, uh, I did a friend's podcast, our boy Lyle Barron's. Our, our dude who's up in uh, the Bay Area, he always has us on his shows. If you are, if you've ever been in one of the, if you're ever one of the Bay Area Dirtballs who's attended one of our Andy and I's shows in Oakland or in, in the Bay, Lyle always puts on a great show there. He started a new podcast, Let's Unpack That. So I just did like a couple hours on uh, Lyle's podcast. So uh, find that, Let's Unpack That. Also, uh, Go check out Minimal Golf and get yourself some Miller Lights and put them in the cooler pocket of the Minimal Golf bag so that our sponsorship thing can all come together in one great, beautiful thing. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok and Venmo at Joe Prano. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. Um, and if you're a Tom Brady is the goat stand, leave me alone. I said it. Tom Brady's the goat. No, never has there been a greater will to win with taking digs classic joe digs. classic joe prano style all right dirt balls this has been the goat episode that's what i'm going to title it you guys have a great week we'll be back in a few days and as always stay dirty <laughs>